Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. Nice, episode 22, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Hello there. And Zoe Pearson from Watford. Hi, guys. Right, it is Monday the 21st of January 2019, um, day after um, the Fulham match. Um, how is everybody's ticker after yesterday? Oh, God, where do we start? It was just agonising, heart-stopping, Tottenham Hotspur-centric... <laughs> It's just, it's always the way. We can never seem to do it the easy way, being a Spurs fan. And it's like we were just saying a second ago, you know, to to go through a game like that when it's complete agony throughout most of the game. And then that last gasp goal and, and you know, having that joy, unbridled joy of the fans going and just best feeling ever. But my God, didn't we have to work for it? I can safely say that um, I, I was running very negative up until that last goal. Um, as I say, we were speaking a little bit earlier and I and, and I was thinking to myself, you know what, four weeks' time, we could be out of everything. And that's just, a, that's just being negative because what I was being served up in front of me wasn't um, the most joyous viewing. Um, but how different one goal at the end there makes to the whole thing your whole demeanor the whole week whole thing changes because harry winks the tale of two harrys and harry nods it in oh what joy what joy thank goodness and everything else has gone on or pales into insignificance well almost (laughs) so you mentioned just um um, or fair that you um went back and watched watch watch the goals again I think we all do normally after a, after a game um, there's obviously particularly I think with the elation of, of, a, of a goal um, like that you, you, you start to celebrate it and, and and almost forget what happened and I can tell you yesterday uh, when I was at Craven Cottage when it when the ball went in, I didn't even know who scored. Not until, I honestly didn't know. I, I saw the ball I saw the ball whipped in the next thing I know, it was in the back of the net. Everybody was celebrating. I don't know how how how, how many minutes later. Maybe it was two, three, four, five minutes later. Um, we all started singing, singing um, Harry Kane, uh, Harry Kane, Harry Winks. Even he's one of our own. And that's, that's the moment I realised it was Harry Winks. And I'm thinking, really? I, I I saw I saw somebody jumped in and 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 headed it. And I was and I was don't get I was right behind the goal. I, I had a good vantage point, but. Um, it all happened so 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 quickly. Of all the players, of all the players, Harry Winks, you know, he's not, he's not renowned for his heading. Heading, he's a small guy, but also fitting that it was him. I mean, he knows what it means to play for the club. He he is. Um, I'm 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 going to nick something. I I saw somebody I think posted on on Twitter. I can't remember who tweeted this, but I nodded my um, head in agreement. Um, they said that. They drew parallels between Harry Winks and Steve Perriman insofar as he's Mr. Tottenham. He gets what it means to to to, uh, to be a Spurs fan. Well, I suppose because he is one. But um, he, uh, I know we, we the, the song or the chant "He's one of our own" is is sort of reserved for Harry Kane. But I, arguably, I'd say it's more apt for for Winks. Yeah, he's he is a he is a true Tottenham fan. He's he sat in the stands with us, you know. He's he he has been there. He's lived it as as a Spurs fan. He's lived. He's gone through the highs and lows that we've all faced. And 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 like you say, Jav, you know, it was so apt for it to be him yesterday to to 
um, put the ball in the back of the net. You know, you, you sort of think sometimes that there's sort of unwritten rules in football and, and some sort of higher being that, you know, we didn't have Harry Kane to put the ball in the back of the net, but Harry winks, you know, if it had to be, if it wasn't one Harry, it was the other one. You know, you can't you can't write stuff like that. It's it, I mean, from where you were sitting, Jav, could you tell that it wasn't Fernando Llorente that got the winner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty sure that it. But yeah, yeah. You knew it wasn't him. Yeah, it could right. be anybody else on the pitch, yeah. but dear, it was it wasn't him. Dear old Nando, but... there's there's a few questions on him in a bit. We'll come to. Um, yeah, um, I knew even if I, even a blind man could could tell you it wasn't it wasn't going to be Llorente. Um, just a few comments from listeners on the back of that game. Um, Ed Brad, better be better to be lucky than good. Um, with a uh, wink, winky, wink, winky, winks, winks even, wink, winky emoji. Um, Kent Goodrich, uh, Twitter analyst at Kent Goodrich. Is there anything better than stealing an undeserved victory at the death? I can hear the chavs and arseholes cursing all the way in Seattle. Um, let's. Let's talk a little bit about the performance, if we can. Um, the, the starting lineup at the beginning um, went to a back three. Um, I was having a discussion with somebody on social media, um, which started yesterday and has continued today, about whether playing with you know, the argument this person put forward was, uh, and this is probably not the only one. I, I see it a lot from Spurs fans. He said that um, we set up with a very defensive formation with five defenders on the pitch. Now, I would argue that we played, some of that was dictated by the fact that we had certain players injured, so we limited what what we could do in in forward positions with Kane out, with Son out as well, with Mora out, with most of our midfield not around. Dyer, obviously good good to see him back, but only fit enough to be on the bench. Um, and I felt, given all of that, and given that we've got all our defenders back, to me it seemed logical to go with go with a back three, which is what Pochettino did. Um, we've not been able to play that formation this this season very much because of injuries. Um, we know he likes it, um, and I would argue that playing um, playing Sanchez, Alderweireld, and yeah. Uh, the Tongan um, allows license for our full-backs to be pushed up higher up the pitch and, and gives us width. And I, I, I think it's it actually it, it, it's an attacking formation. Am I talking bollocks here, or or, or maybe no? Maybe there's no, some something in it. No, I I, I I saw a conversation myself, and someone said it was defensive, and I saw that one, and I said, well, I don't see it that way. I have to say, you know, you know Javid, I always have a, a, my thoughts before the game and I stick with them and I'm quite honest about it. I picked that side, that exact side and formation. That's what I thought Pochettino would do. It's not rocket science because we haven't got that many players to pick from at the moment. So it really, I, I, I presumed he'd start Lorente. I presumed he'd start um, with both fullbacks as um, pushing on and, and making set of five, making three at the back and making that sort of four in the midfield um, and leaving sort of almost a, a diamond in, in front. Um, that's what I thought. That's what he did. Um, I think, um, and I, th- I, I considered it to be a very attacking. Um, I think um, uh, the Fulham manager um, had watched the Manchester United game, started babble in the wide areas, looking to try and expose those vacant areas. Um, and, and he was doing that. And Babel did it. He's still got something to offer um, and, and he did cause a lot of problems in those areas but um, you know, in fairness half time um, he, he he puts things right again Pochettino so but yeah no I, it was very attacking I had no problem with it uh, with the side he picked I think it's, it's easy to play that you, you can play that many centre-backs and full-backs and it can end up being if you're not careful, it can end up being defensive, and you can end up with a back five rather than a back three. Um, as it is, I, that's not the way we play when when we when we play that formation, and, and it allows the full full backs to push on. Also, I think it gives license for the players at the back to bring the ball forward to pass it out at the back better because there's, there's there's more options that way. And um, even Vertonghen and Alavarol, I think they pushed up a lot higher up the pitch yesterday than, than, than for example if we started with a four that being said that's all That's all. we can go on about formations all day about the rights and the wrongs of it we were pretty poor 
we were pretty poor, particularly that first half. And as good as it was to get that victory, and, and that's, I suppose, the m- most important thing, particularly at this point when we've got so many injuries, um, and we just need to sort of try to get through this period, you know, whilst waiting for Sun to return, and and Kane and Sissoko, and now Delhi. Um, uh, it sort of masked the victory, masked the fact that we, we weren't great. And I, you know, I, I thought that game was going to end up in a draw. Um, where did it go wrong? Well, I suppose it went right in the end, but where, why did it go wrong for large periods of the game? I mean, we just didn't start very well. The whole the whole way we set up, we we looked slow out the blocks. Um, I think a lot of it was the fact that we had to accommodate Fernando Llorente. And although, you know, I'm not going to throw too much shade his way. He he had a poor performance. We, we all know that. We all recognise the fact that he had a poor performance. But I think it's going to take the team a little while to gel, to not only um, allow him to play in the way that... He, benefits him and so therefore will then will then benefit us as a, as a collective i think it'll also take the players a little bit of time to to build that trust up in in Lorente and his finishing um you could see that uh, initially we were we weren't necessarily playing those balls to to him um you know crossing the ball into him directly from the wide areas and i think initially pochettino's thinking would have been and and i think why he played the uh, the the wide formation is to to loft those balls into Lorente, but even even when we were were testing them out first in that first half, they were being cut out, you know, by that that Fulham defence. And I think Fulham have to take a, you have to take a lot of credit because I think they set up very well that first half, and they really um, they really tested us on, especially on the counter attack. And that, and like you say, uh, David, that Ryan Barber was causing us an awful lot of problems. And I think we were. A bit slow to anticipate how many, how many problems he would necessarily cause us, and I think Mitrovic as well for Fulham. I think he can be a bit of a handful, and I think we didn't necessarily learn the lessons of when we played him, um, when he played in that game uh, when we lost to Newcastle five-one. He was a handful that day as well, and, and you forget because he sort of was in the Championship with Fulham for a little while. You forget how difficult he is to play against, and he really. That first half, I think Sanchez he had he had a poor poor first half. He seemed to do better in the second, but that that first half he was run absolutely ragged. And I think you know we had to get to half time, and thankfully by that point we were only one goal down. Had it been more, it may have been more of a struggle to you know establish ourselves again in the second half. But I think Pochettino got us to half time. Only one goal down, and even even the goal we conceded it was it was unlucky. It was a, it was a real poor one to concede, you know, the own goal and, and everything. But you know, I think we were poor. There's no denying that. But Fulham were also very good in that first half, and it just t- took us plugging away and plugging away and plugging away. And and in the end, we found a way to win, as we have found most of this season. We we we've sort of had to win ugly in in most of our games. You know, we can't play that free flowing football every week. We we haven't been able to this season. But credit to Poch, credit to the players, because we found a way to win. We we did. You're right. The the, the goal that we conceded was. Um... There was an element of luck, um, and and we did we did get a, an equaliser in in you know we, we got through the fir- first half, regrouped second half got an equaliser but really this was Fulham second from bottom and we should have done a lot lot better and I just wonder and I know it's an old age thing that comes up often we've discussed it on the pod fans discuss it in the stadiums on social media. Did Pochettino react perhaps later than he should have? Um, but, you know, in terms of his substitutions, for example, I mean, would there... I know that we're bereft of, of options on the bench, certainly attacking ones. I mean, Sterling, obviously, has hardly, has, hasn't, I, don't, I don't think he's has, has he featured at all for us. Um, you've got Nkundu, who's, um, you know, not hardly, hardly played the, this season at all and, and and the more established players uh, like Dyer who's returning from an injury um yeah i think you had uh, Ben Davis as well but the more for if the more established players um the defensive players not game changers but for example 
given the way Sanchez played, um, would it have been advisable for Pochettino, for example, to have brought Diaron, taken off Sanchez, gone to a back four, bolstered the mid- midfield, um, for example, or, or did he just react too late? I know we I know we won the game, and it sounds really weird that I'm <laughs> over I'm re, I'm over analysing it somewhat, but we it's a game that we quite easily could have come away with with just a point as opposed to the three. But we didn't. We came away with three points. He did just fine, Pochettino. This Kazai Sterling, I mean, I, I, he hasn't played for the first team yet. Um, it's a, it, that's a big risk throwing him in. I. I I don't know what I don't know what he'll do, but I know what Lorente will do, and I and I did think he would start Lorente. Um, I thought um, the only thing about Lorente, I would say, I was getting a bit frustrated with myself. He's he looks at the moment a one-trick pony. I don't know if he gets a few more games whether he'll get up to speed, but that goal came from two legs of lead that were just standing there. They just didn't move. The ball hit him, and then his leg went up in the air it just looked oh and I thought yeah no, I've been there myself actually you know you'll get a bit old you're just not reacting he should have been ready for it and he wasn't he was just somewhere else I'm not going to throw a blame but it was a it was unlucky to go in as well but we didn't give him uh, as you were saying uh, uh, Zoe a little bit earlier that um, exactly that we've got the wide fullbacks to come in and put crosses in we didn't put nearly enough crosses crosses in I, of course we shouldn't play entirely that way you, otherwise it just becomes very easy to for def, uh, Fulham defence to work out what's coming in and, and how maybe even to, to cut the crossing out but we just kept playing far too many balls inside I know we keep it well it's all very nice um, and I think uh, Harry Winks had 116 touches in the game uh, it's a phenomenal amount he does brilliantly doing that but we weren't hurting them we just weren't hurting them and then when we got our chances um which fell to Lorente um he fluffed his lines uh, I couldn't believe it actually and both were but they're, they're, they're you know meat and gravy to him those headers I, I did you see Toby's face when uh, he put it wide yeah uh, Lorente he, he got a little flick and he'd he barely, he barely, he barely gave him a burn on the on the head that ball, and and he just went wide, and and you could see Toby looking at him. Oh no, you know, <laughs> I could see it in his face. You know, that's why you're there. <laughs> that's why you're there. There we are. But um, I don't think he did anything too late, and and clearly he did everything right in the end, didn't he, with his substitutions? I I, I couldn't bring an argument to the table and say he got it wrong when we win. And I just won't do it. Um, and I expect Lorente to probably start on Thursday as well, which I, which I'm fine with, which I'm fine with. I just hope he's up on his toes a bit more this time. We haven't got much much choice on in in that department, so I suspect, um, I suspect, I suspect he will. Um, let's uh, Let's look at. We've got a whole raft of questions on 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 Lorente. I would say, in his defence, um, that you know, he he was at one point a really good player, and um, and he's probably his best days are probably you know not probably almost certainly are behind him. He's clearly not as mobile as he as he once was. Um, having said all of that, he's not played. Um, and he's not had a decent run of games, so he's going to be a, li- a little bit ring rusty. And absolutely, you know, let let let's see what he can, what he can do. He's got he's got an opportunity for better or worse. He's got an opportunity now um, with with Kane out, with Sun out. Unfortunately, with with with, with um, Delhi out as well, it looks like he's he's the only sort of recognised striker um, that we've got. We have no Mora. choice. Yeah, with we Mora. have to back him. We yeah. have to back him. We have no choice. Yeah. We are we're stripped exactly. now. We have to back him. So on yeah. Lorente, we have a question from comment from John Steggles, which was worse, which was worse performance, Paulson um, or Lorente? Paulson, great Paulson. 
Um, it seems like every time I'm watching a Spurs game recently, referee performances are just bad, really bad. Ken Goodrich, another one from him. I've tried to be supportive of Lorente, but my God, that was one hell of a poor performance today. Own goal, two scissors missed. It was Soldado-like. We need another option, but what? I, I don't know if you can... We haven't got one. We... we haven't got one. Lucas Mora? Yeah. Lucas Moore, but he's 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 un, he's unavailable like everybody else is at the mm. moment. So unfortunately, the rentier is the only option. I think the problem is with the rentier as well. I think had he had he not scored that own goal, we might have seen a bit of a better performance in that second half. I think after he scored that that own goal, I think his confidence just went absolutely through the flute through the floor. And uh, I don't think he could have been playing for another two or three hours, and I still don't think he'd have scored. No, it it doesn't help. When you're at games and I don't know, the ball comes to Lorente and he's got a poor touch and uh, or he tries to do something and he tries to pass it, to flick it off to somebody and loses it and fans are moaning and groaning. Players are only human. I know they're professionals and they're supposed to get past that, but of course it's going to affect their co- their confidence. And as we saw, as we, as we see more recently with, with Soko, everybody singing his name, getting behind him, that's going to have the opposite effect. That's going to affect his confidence. So. Um, yeah, I you know Lorente absolutely right. So yeah, it, it could have been could have been a completely different story if, if we if he hadn't um, uh, put the ball into his own net. Um, we've got one positive one on 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 Lorente, which I'll come to in a minute. Minute, but first let me read this one from Mark Stoll, um, who says Lorente's lack of movement makes it difficult for anyone to find space or flourish. Right, Mark's question. Yeah, that's was, a fair question, it? isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's Mark's... a fair question. No, that... Not moving, is he? Um, in leaving space, he is a bit slow. He's a bit lumbering. I could see him pointing where he wanted the ball, and we weren't getting the crosses in. So, and we'll go back to saying, "Yep, yeah, um, we're not giving Lorente the service. He is at the moment a one-trick pony." Um, but then, in the end, because Kane comes, this is the problem that we've got Kane. We've got arguably at this moment the best striker in the world, and he is because not because he's, he's Scoring goals, um, not just that, but he swivels round, comes deep, gets the ball because the centre-back decides not to go deep with him. He turns, puts that ball down a channel between centre-back and full-back to a, to a runner and, and he pops them every time. So he's come out that space and left space because the defenders don't know what to do. Well, of course, Lorente is just easy to mark. He's just standing there. He's difficult to, to challenge with him because he did win a lot of headers yesterday when they came up to but they were just in sort of dead areas if you like but um no you've got you've got a the only thing we could do i say we, ha- we haven't got a choice we have and, and certainly if mora is ready for thursday uh, and the suggestion is he will be is that we play the false number nine as Manchester united did you know they left lukaku on the bench and played with two wide men and we could do that um so we could i mean it wouldn't surprise me if he throws that curveball in on thursday keeps Lorenzo on the bench yeah yeah, I mean Dyer's back, so arguably he could put Dyer in the centre of midfield with with Winks, and then if he goes to the same formation with the back three, push push Mora up and and have Lorente on the bench. But that obviously assumes for, that Mora is going to be fully fit and available. Um... Sissoko may be back as well. Oh, really? I heard that, yeah, but... I heard that today. Interesting. Um, okay, slightly more positive one, Darren. Pamenta, um his Twitter handle is at DAZP1919. Lorente didn't have a good game, but to be fair, he had absolutely no service whatsoever. Um, when Trips and Rose got into crossing positions, most of the time they passed it backwards. If he plays, surely we have to, pay to play to his strengths and get more, get and get crosses in more often. Now, I seem to recall, I'm not a big fan of his by any stretch of the imagination, but Vincent Janssen, when in, in 2016-17 season, um, arguably there was a case then of us not playing to his strengths. Um, and I wonder whether that's the same here with, 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 with Lorente. And you're absolutely right earlier, David, when he said that we can't always look to play it long or, or, or get crosses in because then it will just make us look too one-dimensional and, and predictable. And... and Teams will be savvy to that, and yeah. they'll 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 either um, flood the bo- box and, and and win the balls or, or or cut the supply. But it does strike me that we don't perhaps utilise him as much as we can. 
We have done at times this season, um, notably Burnley, for example, when he came off the bench and Ericsson got that late winner. But, um, you know, it, we can't expect him to run the channels in the way that, say, Kane would or, or Son would because he's not, he doesn't have the legs anymore. Nah. Nah. I mean, nah. Nine times out of ten, Kane and, and Lorente were, were on the pitch at the same time. You know, that, um, I'm thinking about when we, when we went to uh, Real Madrid away a couple of seasons ago. And he played the two of them together. So we we very rarely had to rely on uh, sticking Lorente up, up front all, all by himself, aside from the occasional Carabao Cup game. Mm. And I mean, I'm, the one that springs to mind is the, is the, the most recent one at Tranmere, and he got a hat-trick. But, you know, he hasn't... It, the thing is, Lorente is a um, well-established strike he's done it at every single level he I mean when we signed him he, he'd not long um he'd not long had a had a brilliant season at Swansea so we know he can do it at this level it's just giving him that time to to bed in and 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 to find his find his feet if you want to pardon the pardon the pun but you know I think it is gen, it is generally going to be a, a case of giving him time to 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 adjust and 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 learning to play with him in the side it's you know it's a it's a whole team shift. It isn't isn't just a case of Lorente adapting to the team. It's about the team learning to adapt to him and what he does, and playing to his strengths. Yeah. I've got to say, when I yesterday, my initial feeling was, um, particularly having seen, um, when I got home and I and I watched, I saw the highlights and I saw the own. Uh, the own goal, much much like the the winner, the own goal sort of happened in a flash of the m- moment, and I, I didn't quite realise it was Lorente that, that that put the ball into his own net. It just it just sort of happened. It was a bit of a shock to the system. And when I looked at it again on on TV and I saw how bad the own goal was, I just thought to myself, he's an absolute dickhead and he should never play for Spurs again. Um, 24 hours on, um, I'm a little bit more perhaps measured and a bit more understanding. And uh, yeah, you know, we we don't have any other choice really but to start him against Chelsea and. And you're right, so he wasn't too long ago that he scored, was it, 15 goals in 30-odd appearances for, for, for Swansea? Um, he starts on, on Thursday, as far as I'm concerned, and, and I just hope that the fans can get behind the team, and I, and I hope I, I hope he, if he does start, I hope he re- repays the faith the manager's sh- shown in him. Um, yeah. Don't really know what what to say. I, I I hope that come this time next week or whenever the next podcast is, we'll, we'll be talking about Lorente getting some goals against Chelsea and and, and Palace. You know, things can turn around very quickly in, in football, and we saw that with with with, with Sissoko. One minute being um, the brunt of the Blue Boys, um, and the next minute suddenly he's, he's become a fan's favourite. And I, and I hope the same thing happens with with Lorente. Um, Another player who's been sort of, I was going to say marginalised, but really it's, it's 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 of his own making. He's not played particularly well when he's you know, a few chances he's had is Kevin and Kudu, and I suspect yesterday he was on the bench because we had so many injuries that we had little else. Pochettino or Pochettino had little else choice but to have him on the bench. Um, he came on. Um, I think there was a cross very early on which was really poor, and I thought, well, that's him reverting to. Type he's 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 got pace but he doesn't have the the end end ball and then lo and behold he pops up with with, with a cross for Winks's goal. Um, did either of you see the tweets um, from him? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did like that. Say who who remember me? <laughs> it comes from a film, doesn't it? That someone's popped their head over. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was very good. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, that was a glorious cross. Take nothing away from that. It was a, I mean, that was a head me cross, wasn't it? Come in. And thank goodness, that's the one thing. I mean, Ranieri set up Fulham very well. And, and we were all talking about bad Spurs, but Fulham played very well. Um, and the one poor player they had, thank goodness, was Tim Reams at left back. And they blooming drop. I mean, I don't know what Ranieri's doing, but he's Sessignol's on the bench. Now, I'd have played Sessignol if I was him, at left back. 
and instead of this Tim Reams. I know he can play centre back Tim Reams, but he lost. He was wandering. He lost to Harry Winks, and he was clambering over somebody else earlier on as well. Um, he was clambering. He's just he was off the pace. Thank goodness for him. And I and I think um, Ranieri missed a trip there I think he's relied on that Tim Reams too much so so thank goodness for that but yeah what a cross what a cross good old Makudu and he'll probably he'll probably turn up again on on um, mm. Thursday come on at some stage it's that whole it's that whole t- returning to type of, of of a player's confidence you know he he's done that he's had n- virtually no game time he's done a brilliant cross and he's managed to get the assist for the winner and you think you compare it to poor old Lorente and how he must have been feeling I mean at the end of the game he was probably mightily relieved but at the time he's probably you know his confidence is like I said he's probably dropped through the floor and, and Kudas is through the is through the roof now because he's come in and he's done what Pochino wanted him to do and he made the impact you know that's all we can ask of our of these players, and you know I was worried when I looked at that bench yesterday. And I thought, you know what, what, what are we going to do with if things aren't going well? And lo and behold, they weren't going well. And I thought, well, you know, you almost resigned yourself to the fact that you know this is this is going to be an uphill struggle now because we can't we can't change it from the bench. And it's like you were saying earlier, uh, David, you can't bought Potch's logic because at the end of the day he bought on Dyer. And that freed up Harry Winks to go and make that last-minute run into the box. And he scores from Nkudu's cross, who came on for Deli Alley. You know, it can't have gone much better from from the people that actually did come on from the bench, you know. And, and uh, who would have thought that 10 minutes before the end? But, you know, it was it was, it was was brilliant. And, and uh, at the end of the day, we managed to get the win. And, and uh, thankfully... You know, Nkudu went a long way into into helping us achieve that. Whether he necessarily starts against Chelsea or is on the bench against Chelsea will will probably um, be deemed by the fact of whether Lucas Moura comes back in and and the likes of that and and how well Sissoko's recovered and if he makes the bench. So a lot of it is going to be a case of of who gets back fit and 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 when for. Um, and Kudu to get another opportunity. We may never see him again, and he, and he may pop up again and, and produce another little moment of magic, or he may not. But, you know, he did what he was asked to do by Pochettino yesterday. And for that, I thank him very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On a, on a positive note, I will say thank you. This is from Mr. Brian Campbell, who I like just the simple stats of season to season. Um so uh, we've got 51 points now, still without any draws. And I'm sure, Javid, you were sitting there thinking, oh, this is the first draw coming. Uh, despite that, we are seven points better off than last season and, and four more than two years ago at this stage. Uh, we went on to finish second in the league. And it's 10 points more at this point in the season when uh, Andre Villas-Boas went on to reach Spurs then record points uh, in 2013. So... You know, it's this is the thing, isn't it? It's just a frustration. Here we are struggling away. We can see we're we're not, you know, playing at, at, at full bore. And a, a team like Fulham, well, they're down the bottom, aren't they? Mm. We should be walking all over them, but they're not. It's they've got the, the manager bounce, um, so they are difficult games. But here we are. We have, uh, as I said, um, we're ugly, and and we still we still have more running. Just like last week, we had more running than Manchester United. Manchester United have been. Stunning themselves, putting the old Amber Soleil on, and, and we still outran them. Um, I, 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 we still got a lot of positives, and uh, the trouble is, Liverpool, Man City have stepped up one more notch as well. So we, uh, we we're still sort of a few points behind them, um, well, if and we're this, looking at trying to hold on to third. If this was any other season other than this season or last season, we'd be right up there. Yeah. Um, even though, even though we've we've lost whatever what is it six games now, um, but just by virtue of the fact that we haven't drawn any and, and won so many, um, and and not played, I mean a lot of our sorry of our season, um, I suppose yesterday was uh, synonymous with 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 a lot of our season in that we haven't we didn't play particularly well and managed to get a result and a lot, lot of this season that that's been the case, but you know we are where where we are um, and. Um, it's you've got to take your hat hat off to Pochettino and, and the players that we've had injuries this season. We've had 
Um, lots of players have been involved in the World, World Cup, etc. And we've still managed to um, accumulate as many points as, as we have. Um, also, yesterday was, I think, our, off the top of my head, I think it was our 11th away win this season. It's... It- it's our 11th, yep, and uh, that's the most for us in a Premier League history, uh, and most since 84 and 85 uh, um, season with 12 we got then, right. so we, surely we're going to beat that. We should beat that, and then you're probably looking at, I'm guessing, somewhere at some, the Bill, Bill Nick era, um, the last time we got more than 12 um, away, away victories. Uh which, yeah, as you say, I'm sure we'll get to that number and surpass it. Um, John Steggles earlier on mentioned in passing um, the referee's performance, Craig Pawson. Um, we had a question from, final question from listeners around the game, which was Dominic Sibley, his Twitter analyst, at Don Sib. He says, how was Sanchez booked for, for being head-planted into the ground, and why was Rose booked for diving when clearly fouled? Where you go, Zoe. Oh gosh, it, uh, me, I'm sitting there trying to I'm trying to think of an answer to the question, and and it, it, it baffles me. It really does these these refereeing decisions, and and I think you know there's a whole argument for VAR and and that coming in and getting decisions right. But as we've seen in the last few weeks, you know, VAR can cause just as much you know confusion and and debate as as your refereeing decisions. I mean, all we ever ask is is for the refereeing decisions to be consistent. And you look at the likes of Salah and, and the, what he gets away with week in, week out in terms of, you know, blatant diving. And you look at the Danny Rose challenge yesterday and anybody can see that he's been taken out there. You know, it, it, it doesn't take a genius to work out that he's, that he's been clattered. But, you know, a guy can go down in the, in the area with the slightest breeze and the referee's inclined to award a penalty. It... it, it, it baffles me it really does and i think i, I read somewhere today that mark clapberg had written a piece in the um in one of the newspapers and he called out um exactly that about mo salah diving and and the way that it's the referee should be handling it and handling him and and the whole consistency of referees and you sort of think well you know it's one thing than putting that in a in a public newspaper and hindsight's a wonderful thing but uh, you know uh, and until we get something cohesive, black and white, yes, that was um, uh, a penalty. No, that wasn't a penalty. Yes, that was a foul. No, that wasn't a foul. I think even if we have the utmost brilliant technology, I think there will always be that debate and there will always be decisions that get, that go under the net. Mm-hmm. As for the Sanchez challenge, I mean, I have, I mean, I said that Mitch Bitch was a handful yesterday and he is genuinely known for being a handful but i i can't work out maybe maybe it was something that he said that we aren't privy to that got him the 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 booking the only thing i could see that actually that he did in that situation was to stand up and react to the to, to the fact that he'd been fouled that that was the only thing that i saw that he he did he didn't initiate you know a, a scrap with mitrovic and he didn't in it didn't seem like he was going to continue it so very confusing, um, b- a bit bewildering, but in the end, thankfully, that those decisions didn't go against us, and that's what we have to be thankful for at the end of the day. Yeah, I, um, the VAR thing, I, I, I'm a great um, believer in VAR, but it's not for these things. Um, had Danny Rose been in the box, then that may well have been reviewed. Um, he was right on the edge. It was quite shocking. And what's worse is that they compound the error with a yellow card that you can't appeal. You can only appeal red cards. So that makes it even worse for us fans. And I felt sorry for Danny. And actually, just a few minutes later, the same player fouled Danny again. Um, and it was a little trip. It wasn't much in it. And he very quickly got the whistle. And Danny did very well. He didn't turn around to the referee because I've been tempted to say something. But he didn't. He just huffed and walked on. But the defender, I must admit, because I thought there wasn't much in it, but defender didn't, didn't argue he accepted it but I thought that one was given very easily because I think Paulson might have realised he got one wrong but the uh, uh, the one with um, uh, Davidson it, 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 that was shocking so I, I, I just thought he's going to book Davidson as well here he's going to do it um, I mean it, it was borderline red card that, that sort of yanking on him uh, from Mitrovic I, I mean I'd 
I'd love to have Mitrovic in my side. You know, he's a, he's a guy that's going to wind. It wouldn't suit Spurs, don't get me wrong. But he's a sort of guy you think, yeah, I'd, you know, we're going to be in a scrap. Let's love it. You know, let's watch it. Um, and he's your guy for it. And he's the right guy, probably for, uh, good on him. But, you know, for goodness sake, that's fine if you can have a bloke like that. But let's have some good refereeing. Uh, and it's quite, as you say, Mr. Clattenburg, who right about it. Uh, he's the same Mr. Clattenburg that um, refereed the Battle of the Bridge, I, I guess, who decided not to do anything. Yep, and subsequently went on record uh, saying such that he yeah. really did exactly that. Um, I, I don't know, to answer Dominic's question, I don't know what goes through um, referees' heads. It baffles me. But what, what I would like, I'm not a big fan of technology in the game. What I would like is more accountability from referees. I would like a situation where after a match um, they are interviewed, they're asked to review some of their decisions, and you know, they, for them to just to look at it and say, "Well, I this is," and I know the the results already happened at that point, but it, I think it would just be nice to get a little bit into their minds and understand, and they might say, "Well, this is the, this, I reached this decision having looked at it again. I stand by my decision. This is why." I, took this course of action or, or actually no I, I hold my ha- hands up and, I, and and that was a mistake and, and I got it wrong which happens because it's human nature and it's a fast moving game but I, I would just like a great deal of accountability um, I would like more I know that I think at the beginning of each season referees visit all the clubs and sit down with the players and go through the rules but I think that's it I, I, and there's no contact thereafter I would like there to be more visits to clubs over the course of the season um particularly when new laws are introduced that referees have to implement. Um, and I think that having that contact and, and forging that respect, at least amongst the players, and getting it to somewhere like where, where in rugby, where there's the, the, there's that degree of respect and, and, and between players and, and the umpire, if we can get that in football, um, it, it would be fantastic. Um, let's very briefly just look ahead to Chelsea and... The Chelsea semi-final, Carabao Cup's second leg semi-final on Thursday, and then Palace on Sunday in the fourth round of the FA Cup, um, both away from home. Um, very quickly, should we do this together? Let, let's 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 go for our starting lineup. Let's let's pretend that we're Pochettino um, against Chelsea. Um, are we all gonna Gazaniga in goal? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Gazaniga in goal. Next question: Back three or back four? Four. Yeah, back four. four. Interesting. Okay. All right. So I presume centre backs, Alderweireld and Fatongan. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. Full backs, right back. Uh, Trippier. Okay. Yeah. Left back. Uh, Rose. I'd go Rose. Rose. You'd go Rose. Okay. Um, okay. That's interesting. So I, I would have. I. I. I assume he's going to go with the back three with Sanchez, and I. And I was going to go. He'd go with Davis, given that. Um, given that uh, Davis didn't start yesterday. Anyway, um, but we'll, we'll go with about four and the selection that you've gone with. Uh, midfield, Dyron Winks? Yes. Okay. That's very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm guessing Ericsson, yep. Lamella, Mora, and, and Lorente up top? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly how I would go. I mean, you're right about Rose and Davis. Um, he may well start with Davis. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and keeping Rose for um, for Palace. Mm. I don't know. But I still think he'll keep Trippier. You see, Tri- I think for me, with Trippier, simply he, he, had, he, he didn't have a good game. He had another indifferent... I'll only say indifferent game. But I won't hang him out to dry like... Some people are, you know, just every time I have one bad game, people want them thrown out the side. But I, I don't see it that way. If we get a free kick, he could be vital. He could be vital. Um, so I, I, I would keep him in. But yeah, that's how I that's how I see it. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I pretty much I'd go that almost nine of the lineup that, that you guys have gone for, other than I, I would have gone with the back three, Sanchez in, and. Um, Somebody else further forward would have to drop, drop, and I'd, and I'd, I'm guessing he's going to go with Davis, but we'll see how it pans out. More importantly, um, do you both think that we've got enough to get through? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I've thought hard about this, and I, I, I got a bit despondent. And oh, how are we going to, how are we going to win that? But we don't have to win it. 
and I think Pochettino will set us up differently. I think we'll be solid. I'm hope, I know my heart's speaking here, not necessarily my head, my heart is, but I think we'll be solid, and I'm hoping, and what I think is we might do is grind out a nil-nil draw. Mm. Possibly, possibly. I think um, I was on Twitter yesterday, or a couple of days ago, and I, I can't. I, if I knew, if I knew where the tweet had come from, I'd give, I'd give the person credit and shout them out. But I, I don't know. But I remember seeing it, and someone had put basically every single defending uh, defender uh, and plus Gazaniga and just saying, "Come and break us down," and saying, "That's how I want us to line up against Chelsea." It was, yeah. you know, Trippier, Aurier. You know the whole the whole works, Davis and Rose, and just saying, you know, come on, come and break us down. And I genuinely think that's how he's going to set up against Chelsea. I, I I can't see it being a, you know, um, anything other than a try and hold what we have sort of thing. And that's the the gutting thing about you know um, only having the one goal to fall back on, really. You know, because. You know, we we should have tried to put them towards to the sword in the home game, but you know, unfortunately, we didn't, and so we have to hold on to what we have and try and hopefully maybe counter attack with Mora's pace if if he is fit, like you say. That's the way I could see us potentially going. And and you may you may have called it right, Jav. You know, um, especially if we're looking to be a bit more defensive, we may we may end up having to go to a back three. Um, that does sound logical. Um, but who knows what what will be will be. I'm always that's I'm always inclined to think like that. You know what will be will be on on, on Thursday, and we just have to hope that we get the win and and see us through to the final. Mm-hmm. I mean, surely Lorente can't score another own goal. I mean, Javid, when was the when, when, when was the last time we scored an own goal? The last time we scored an own goal was um, spooky. It was almost a year ago to the day. In fact, it was it was a year ago year year ago today when we played Southampton um, away from home. It was one all, and Davison Sanchez scored on that occasion. Um, and uh, yeah, a, a year later, or year yesterday, um, Lorente put the ball in his back of the net. But I. I I would be very surprised if he manages to do that again on Thursday. I think that um, they had a lot of the ball um, at Wembley in in the in the first leg without threatening, and I'm fairly confident they might have a lot of the ball at home. And I think they won't they won't do anything with it. And we've played them twice this season: once in the league and, and once in the semi-final. And and both occasions, completely different games. But I, I just felt that we we got the measure of them and. Um, and I think we, we we should have enough. It'd be amazing if we if we draw nil nil, and go through. Um, I think it'll be a score draw, perhaps a one all, but maybe two all. But if we if we were to draw nil nil and go through, how Italian would that be against uh, um, an Italian man- manager? I mean, albeit Pochettino, I think he's got Italian um, lineage. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be a case of we're Tottenham Hotspur. We draw draw when we want. Um, you need to see, see would... they bring Higuain in, though. That's that's the only thing that might be slightly troubling with whether they manage to actually get a striker through the door. But then, you know, he's you're throwing him into the biggest, potentially one of the biggest games of their season so far. They've hardly they've hardly looked, um, you know, very threatening up front. Like you say, Jeff, they hardly they hardly looked like they were going to put up the ball in the back mm-hmm. of the net when they were at our place. So. You know, it, they are there for the taking, as you say. But it, it, the the transfer window is open still, and and they seem to be trying to sort of move in and out for different people. So it'd be interesting to see who's actually on their books by the time the uh, yeah. the game rolls around. Um, very briefly, Palace um, on Sunday. Um, I think and I hope that we'll see Foyt, Skip, and Walker Peters. And I think that we should have just about enough to get through. Um, but I suspect, given recent history, we've had about, I think, four or five 1-0, 1-0 victories against Palace. So it's always very tight. Yeah. Um, Won't be easy, will it? Won't be easy. You know, it's, a, it's got sort of trip up on it all the way yeah. over it. It really has. I hope not, obviously. But it's just games thick and fast, isn't it? And I we just can't afford any more injuries. Yeah. Um, they played us in the cup three years ago at White Hart Lane, and they beat us. Um, I think that was also one nil. Funny enough, um, but I, 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 their priority this season, I think, is, is staying up. And whilst I think there are worse teams than than Palace, if you look at the table, they are not too far behind. 
and there is a danger if they're not um, careful that they'll slide in. So I think the cup isn't their biggest priority. Um, Very briefly, and I know we, I think the last time David you were on the pod, I think a couple of weeks ago, or or it might have been, or or maybe it was before Christmas, I I can't recall, um, we we discussed the transfer window. Uh-huh. Two, two questions around, around around that. One from Sam Moore. He says, despite the win, um, we desperately need to enter the transfer market, but will we? And John Steggles, will Levy get us some players as the injury absentee list grows? So now add Delhi to the to the list. You've got Kane, Delhi out, Son, the Asian Games, um, Sissoko, Wanyama. I think um, the first thing Pochettino will do is um, look at it as an opportunity to bring players from around the squad in. That's his opportunity, not bringing players in short term. They'll be talking about, I, I don't know why they're talking about um, Carroll from West Ham. Um, I mean, do we really need a lanky, slow centre forward um, when we haven't got one? Oh, yes, we have. We've got Lorente. Mm. So why do we So why do we want to bring Carroll in? Um, I can't say. The only thing I did say is a short term loan. Who knows? but that's not the way we think that's not where Spurs are other clubs are but not Spurs wherever we we may well buy somebody I hope we do and it's another youngster and all these names we've been talking about the, the lad at Hull or, or going back to Grealish or whomever if we grab one of those but they won't be a player that would be considered for this period I'm sure of it that, that's that's one for the end of the season you know to get them blooded in um, clearly we have to buy at some stage we have to refresh the squad to some degree and especially as one or two are going to go out the w- this window um, we have to bring players in and, and British players um, but I don't see anybody coming in to replace either Harry Kane or Deli Alley whoever else is injured can't see it um, it's a panic buy and at this stage you can see other clubs rubbing their hands if we come knocking on the door um, saying well look you know, we'd like to take um, Wilson and at Bournemouth and, and, and here's 20 million and they're saying oh you're a bit um, panicky are you that's 40 million or you can sod off that's mm. all they're going to do and 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 Levy and, and be Pochettino's we're not entering to that sort of auction they're not, not having it and they're not and, and Pochettino just turn around and Levy and say don't worry I've got good young lads I'd rather play them I think he'd even play Parrot before he'd bring in a loney. I really do even though he's too young and not ready I'm not sure Sterling is either, although he is on the bench. Anyway, my thoughts. No, I think you're 100% right. I think you never know with the transfer window. It's always open-ended. And, you know, if things become available, you know, I think Potter would always be interested in, in bringing the right player through. But, I mean, look at look at Barcelona, for goodness sake. They just bought, they're just bringing in bloody Kevin Prince-Boateng. So, it, I... This this transfer window never ceases to amaze me, and the fact that we haven't brought anybody in doesn't cease to amaze me either. What is it with Barcelona? Have they got a fetish for signing our ex-players that have performed badly. Paulinho first, and now um, Kevin Prince Boateng. <laughs> Goodness knows. It's really Goodness odd. Knows. Um, I, I think Paulinho's in, in China now, isn't he? He's back in China. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a strange one. Sold him, sold him to China. Came to Barcelona, then back to China. Um, I think that so if you asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said Lorente's out the door um, to follow follow Dembele. Um, we should we should mention Musa Dembele. In fact, um, I'll, I'll save that thought for a moment. Um, I, 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 and I would have said that Nkundo as well. But given the injuries, I think we're not in a position to sell either. Well, certainly not Lorente at the moment. Um, I can see him going on a free free um, in the summer. Nkundo. If, for the sake of argument, if Fulham came in with a £10 million bid, I think he'd go. I think he'd go right now, irrespective of our, of our injuries. But short of a club coming in for a bid, um, a good bid, then I think we would keep him for now, given all all the in- injuries. I think Janssen's definitely at, at, out of the door, if we can find a, a suitor in the window. Um, in terms of purchasing players, um, Pochettino's gone on record as, as saying that, that the injuries won't affect... Um, they we're not going to determine whether we buy a player or not. We're we're always looking, and if the right player becomes available, like he did, for example, last season with 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 Mora, then we'll buy him. What I, what what I can't see us doing is doing a 
Nelson and Saha. I don't think we're, we're. I don't think we have a tendency to do that as a club anymore. Yes, we will sign players that that turn out to be flops, for one of a better phrase. Um, but who doesn't? You know, I think the likes of, for example, Clinton and G, um, and Kundu, arguably Lorenta. I think they were all. They weren't in the category of they weren't panic buys in the in, in like the Nelsons and the Sahas. They weren't journeymen. Um, towards the end of well Lorente maybe arguably is but he still came off the back of a good record at Swansea um, I think there were players that we that we identified and, and thought that they could come in and do a good job um, they just didn't happen to do that good job but that happens at lo- lo- loads of clubs that happened at United but, um, under Fergie when they signed um, I, I can countless examples but the one come straight to my mind was for example Jemba Jemba um, that they signed um, and he was a bit of a flop um, and there's various others that were signed in, uh, under the great Sir Alex Ferguson but um, I can't see us doing anything like that under under Pochettino you know buying an Elson Risaha and that's refreshing it's good I'd rather us buy players that are perceived to be the right fit and, and, and turn out to be the right fit than, than just panicking because we feel that we have to strengthen and we've got players out injured so we've got to we've, we've got to just immediately bring in a striker um because Kane's out injured and, and Son's out and that's just I don't think that's the mentality of our club um Spurs let, sorry I was going to say Chelsea I mean that, that's the difference Chelsea just go oh no he's not good enough Morata we'll have another one in and you know Jorginho, how, many, how much do they spend on him? 40-odd million, nearly 50 million. And he's awful. He's absolutely awful. You know, and they, well, they'll just hoik him out and change again. Well, that's not where Spurs are, and I don't want them to be there. I'd much rather wait um, for, for Miss Wright, not for Miss Wright now. Mm, look, at Cal- look at Callum Hudson-Odoi. A, cl- yeah. a, a young talent is going completely to waste at a club like Chelsea when they're, when they're bringing in players like your Maratas and they aren't working. And like like you say, you know, it's it's not that's not how how Spurs are looking to be. That's not the mould that they're looking to 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 be in. They're looking to to create a legacy at this club for the players that are currently already here. And I, and 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 I want that. I I want those players that identify as fans. I mean, look what Harry Winks did as a prime example. I would take eleven Harry Winks on that pitch all day long. If they're as passionate as he is. Yep. Um, right, there is no Spurs ladies update this week because the, the ladies weren't in action. Um, they play Millwall Lionesses um, next Sunday, the 27th. Um, kickoff is at 2 o'clock. Um, it's away from home. So Bex will be back next week with an update on the Spurs ladies. Um, we're going to finish off with one question from Dominic. Sibley. Apologies to Kent Goodrich and, and and Ed Brad, who sent in two really good questions last week, but I didn't get time to read read them. And I was going to read them this week, but um, time has got the better of us. But these are timeless questions that um, we can read uh, uh, and address um, at any point in this season. So I shall save them maybe for next week. Um, but I'll finish off with a question from Dominic Sibley. Um, Twitter handle is at Dom Sib. He says, what's been what's been your favourite last minute win from the Pochettino era? He cites Dyer's winner against West Ham in Pochettino's very first game at Upton Park um, as being his favourite. We had a tweet from uh, or reply to that tweet from uh, a guy called Sunny Days. Um, his Twitter handle is at Nate Canick, and he cites Ericsson's goal versus City at the Etihad on the 14th of February 2016. Uh, let me start with Zoe. What's been your favourite Pochettino last-minute winner? <laughs> See, I, I, um, I was actually um, looking at back at a video that Spurs released today of a few of the last-minute winners. There was a few that I'd sort of forgotten about. Um, we scored quite a few last-minute winners against West Ham. I didn't realise we scored as many as we have, but we, they seem to be the team that we sort of love to sort of pull the rug out from underneath them. <laughs> Which is no mean feat and uh, quite enjoyable. Um, the one I the one I suggested, even though it wasn't the best goal, but um, it, I just remember how I felt after that game last. And it was um, in 2016. It was the the game at uh, White Hart Lane. We were at home to West Ham, and it was a three-two win. And where Harry is, is ironically, it's the the game that Harry Winks scored his very first goal in. 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it kind of ties in quite nicely, but um, we managed to sort of score. It was almost two for the price of one, really, because we scored in the 86th minute to bring it to 2-2, and then uh, Sonny won that penalty, uh, and, and Kane scored it in the 91st minute. And I just remember being absolutely a bit like, like last night about how I was just sitting on the sofa and I it was like I'd run every single minute with those boys I was absolutely drained uh, emotionally drained and so elated after that game because for for so long it, it, we were completely out of it and I think Janssen had conceded a, a penalty from, from for West Ham to score and I was just so disappointed but um, that's the one that sticks out um, the Ericsson um Last minute one against uh, Inter Milan that also stood out, and the Gareth Bell strike against West Ham away, when he just oh, yeah. picks the ball up and just and just absolutely hits it. Got, the, <laughs> the best the best thing that Tom Carroll ever did in a Spurs shirt was pass that ball to Gareth Bell, and and watch him hit that goal. But uh, yeah, those three are particularly they, those three stick out for me as like a one, two, and three. <laughs> but you guys, <laughs> you haven't left me any. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I, uh, Swansea away is, is one that sticks. Uh, you were there, Javid. Damn. You? Yes. Oh, sorry. Have I just <laughs> go uh, for it? Yeah. Well, no, no, that was one of mine, but uh, I just can't get round of Ericsson's at Man City Main, uh, called Main Road, uh, the Etihad. Yes, he has. Um, yeah, I mean that that was such a uh, such a great run as well into into the box, and what a sweet finish, just lovely. But Swansea for all its drama. Uh, but it, 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 it's difficult to beat yesterday's drama, isn't it? You know, up against it. We're all feeling down because Harry Kane's not there. And, and we've all got to pick ourselves up. Uh, and we all, as a big fan base, have got to back Pochino, got to back Lorente. You know, and yesterday we're all down. And there's Taylor to Harry's. Harry Winks comes in instead of Harry Kane. Thanks very much. But I still put Eric's as my number one. Mm. I feel the ones that we continue to attack and attack and attack and attack the team and then eventually it goes in I think they're more 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 reward for me I think I find them more rewarding the ones where we sort of get get out of jail and yesterday I just felt did we really deserve that I mean if I was a Fulham fan I'd be feeling very hard done by um that I'm going to cheat. So there are, there are two for me, which which are my standout ones. They're both from the same season. Um, before I come to those, the Ericsson goal against City, um, the Etihad, when I saw that, I had a feeling that it wasn't as late as it was. Um, it was certainly a great moment. And I, I do remember it being late in the game, but I, I, I looked it up subsequently. And yes, it was in the 83rd minute rather than you know the 89th. Yeah. Or, 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 so it wasn't that late. But if we talk about last minute drama, there are, there are two games that stand out for me, both in the same season. Firstly, and this is from two years ago, from 2016 to 2017 season, home at White Hart Lane in what would have been the penultimate, I think, FA Cup tie at White Hart Lane. We played Wickham Wanderers. We weren't great that day. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, we scored, I think it was Sonny, got a, a, a winner, I think it was 4-3, right at the very end. Um, and I just went crazy that day. And the other one, um, also from the same season, away from home, David, that you mentioned, was Swansea away, whereby we conceded a very early goal in that game. We weren't great, we weren't poor either. Um, I think we deserve deserve something out of, out of the game. We, we got a late equaliser, equalizer, as I recall, and then... Yeah, and then we got, in fact, not just one, but we got two goals right at the death. Um, and it was, I just went crazy that that, that day. And um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, for, for me, for me that those are the ones that that, that stand out. And um, the way it just goes to show, um, if you if you are at a game and you leave early, um, and then you'll miss the, the the delights that often happen, like like those last minute goals. Um, but there you go. Did you see anybody leave yesterday before there, Spurs? There, there, it wasn't as. Do you know what? I think it's more of a problem at Wembley. I think it happens more at Wembley, less so at away games. Um, yesterday, there were a few who, who left. I think by and large, though, the majority of people um, stayed. There were two guys who were right next to me who, who, who did leave early, very early. I think they 
I obviously had a tra- train to catch. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, that that seems to be more of an issue at Wembley. And certainly, I remember at Swansea, um, people had given, quite a few people had had, had, had given up that that wow. day. And uh, I already, always remember not Spurs anecdote, but a United one when they played when United played Bayern Munich in the Champions League um, final, nineteen ninety nine, and they, they got those late two goals. Oh, if, I'm yes. not, if I'm not mistaken, George Best left the game early. Really. When really? they were one nil down. Blimey. Um, was he still alive then? <laughs> he must yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Must... It was two thousand two. He passed away in two thousand five. So yeah. Um, oh, okay. um, I will have to subsequently Google that, but I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm certain that I I, I seem to recall it at at the time that uh, that that he did. And um, you know, I think if you pay money to to go to watch a game. Um, it just it pays to be there there at the end. Otherwise, you're absolutely. You're, 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 They're the great yeah. moments we wait for, aren't they? Mm, uh, you absolutely. know, besides trophies, this business. But those last minute goals when you're watching the the other fans sort of taking the Mickey out of you, and then you mm. you get that sudden turnaround. You watch their faces drop. Absolutely. Right. Um, the next podcast we shall be recording um, probably on Sunday, um, not too soon after the not not not, not too soon after the Palace game um i think probably some sunday evening something like that i don't know haven't decided um uh but until then thank you zoe thanks guys thanks for having me thank you david yes cheers thanks very much and until next week the future's bright the future's lily white good night Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's at its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.